Raising consciousness and awakening mankind. This is End of Days Radio. Hello and welcome to End of Days Radio from the Broken Ruins of Babylon. This is End of Days Radio. Hello, how are you? Today's date is Saturday, February 4th, 2023. I'm so excited to be here with you guys. We have a very special guest today, none other than, I hope I'm saying his name right, Stygian Fox from the Greyhorn Pagan Podcast. We'll bring him on in a second here. But first, I want to remind everybody to go to endofdaysradio.com. From there, you can find an updated schedule for the show. You can also catch up on any related news. You can also donate there. Appreciate your donations. And from there, you can join our Discord as well. So very excited about that. And remember to stay tuned after our interview because we have a little wrap-up section planned. You might notice my camera's working a little better. So I figured out what the issue was. I My camera looked really bad, but then I remembered that I actually was supposed to... I was supposed to use a USB 2.0 par- port, not a USB... 1.0 part so that explains why my camera was looking like crap for several episodes i should have known that but somehow because i moved like f- two or three times i got confused from all the moving but never mind that let's get this show on the road and bring on our wonderful guest hello Good evening. So, did I say your name right? Stygian Fox? <laughs> no, it's Stein. Stein Fox. Stein Fox. Yeah. I should have known. Every, everybody keeps calling me Stygian. Like, you're the like the fifth or sixth now. It's quite interesting. Yeah, I don't think Stygian is actually any type of name. but Well, let's make it one. Why, shall, why don't we? <laughs> I love that ceiling pattern you got going that's really cool yeah thanks is that a is that like a projector or something like that oh yeah that's just a a basic like basic lights projector like the the kind of a galaxy lamp but um, the budget version oh cool okay well stein is that am i standing right now stein stein fox can you just tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, I know you got a great up and coming podcast, but I'd love to know a little bit more. Yeah, no, of course. Um, I'm Stein Fox. I'm a, uh, a born and raised Dutchie living in the Netherlands. Um, I am the host of the Graham or Pagans podcast, indeed, and Jarl or uh, leader, if you will, head of the tribe of the Greyhorn Pagans. Um, I actually started the tribe first, then the, um, 
the podcast um in, yeah in my free time i like weightlifting jujitsu and i always as always i have my kitty co-host with me that's uh that's timmy just every show i do he has to be there so yeah that's uh it's a little about me germanic pagan of course norse germanic um that's my main path but i'm becoming more eclectic as time passes and i keep learning more i i try to learn a little every day um but main path is still germanic germanic paganism and how did you become interested in paganism um i've always been kind of a, a history nut always had a a passion for for history i just i loved the the stories and um the progression of humankind how we according to well what you get taught in school of course how we went from ape to like what we are now and you know even even further than this um so that's that's always been a thing of me of uh, of mine loving history and loving stories and storytelling um back in high school we used to try and uh, and trick our history teacher in just telling us stories instead of actually teaching us class um we usually succeeded in that so i had a lot lot of fun history classes and i believe you learn more through storytelling than through just reading from a book and paganism uh religion didn't didn't really come on my path till later in life I, i've always been been interested i've i've always find it um find it fascinating you know the stories and how big of a uh, a impact it has on people both my parents were raised uh roman catholic so you know i know what the the inside of a church looks like i've been to services as a uh, as a kid but um never really you know got religious never really went the uh the christian route i i tried of course um especially when my uh when an ex-girlfriend of mine with whom i uh i actually moved in here she uh she left me and i was like really alone for the first time in years so i just i needed something to um something to hold on to something to um to pick me back up and you know religion uh christianity catholicism whatever it may be it's a uh, it's an easy go to of course um you know i is tried the, is the cat okay oh uh, yeah he's always <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh there he is he that's hilarious he's a little red bastard but i love him um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I, you know, I tried the whole, uh, 
Christian thing at first, of course, because, you know, it's my family was already Catholic and it's just it's a lot easier. Um, but I never, never went like full fledged Christian. I just couldn't. The, um, the one thing that really stopped me from that was the um, the belief or else part is what I uh, what I like to call it, you know believe in me believe in you know god and jesus and live according to to their will in the book and whatever or else you know you'll get punished and sent to hell and burn forever and all that stuff um that just didn't it didn't fly with me i uh it's just something i couldn't get over if you will it brought on so much so much stress and i was constantly um, like watching what I was saying, what I was doing, what I was thinking even, and not really living my life because of it, because I was just so incredibly focused. So I, um, that, that didn't work. I still stayed somewhat spiritual, if you will. I always believed that there is a higher power, um in this universe or outside this universe um or dimension or you know however you um you want to call it so i kind of went the um the agnostic route for a while just you know yes i believe in a in a higher being just don't know what to call it or i don't i don't necessarily have to uh, have to call it anything um kind then when i when my eyes were opened to how this world actually works um that was a that was a big shock for me i fell into quite a quite a deep depression really went went nihilistic for a moment um you know if you the the dark forces if you will really got a hold on me um went full-fledged activist was part of the um of the occupy movement here in the netherlands looking back i'm not sure what we have accomplished if we have accomplished anything really and actually funny enough through my um, my activism and looking into the the parasitic elite is what I like to call them nowadays. Um, the whole darker occult. I actually found my own light, found my own religion. Um, uh, it was which was a, a whole path, and paganism really came on my path when I was. In my early 20s, I started to be more interested in that, in the whole um, nature-based religions, if you will. Uh, so kind of kind of animism, kind of paganism, um, even though paganism, of course, comes from animism, um, which is the belief that uh, in short, you know, God is nature and nature is God. Uh, the, nature is the divine. And 
funny funny enough like the really the um norse paganism or germanic paganism kickoff for me was the tv show vikings um, oh i'm so glad that you brought that up because i was of course planning to ask you about that show it's it's one of my favorite shows <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, especially the uh the first two seasons were um they were really good and even though they were you know still hollywood still kind of exaggerated and not entirely historically accurate um you know i liked the i just i love the aesthetics first of all and just the whole warrior spirits warrior um society and i don't know it just something just clicked and that's when i um God. yeah you really don't and that's when I started diving deeper uh, into uh, into paganism, Norse paganism at first, of course, um, you know, from the Vikings. I, In the show, they already, you know, showed some things about um, about the gods and how they uh, how they supposedly supposedly work and operate and how they um, how they manifest themselves here uh, in in Midgard in the. Um, in the human realm, in the the uh, one of the in the human world, one of the nine worlds, one of the nine realms of the of the Icarasil, of the life tree, and yeah, just you know went from there. And I'm still, like I said, I'm still trying to learn new things every day. Some things I've had to to unlearn when uh, when new evidence showed uh showed itself and the, the internet definitely made it a uh, a lot easier for me to uh to find creators to find like-minded people to find the uh the information that i was uh, i was looking for even though it still has its its pitfalls of course because everybody can just you know write stuff on the internet um, there are ideas and theories out there about Nordic paganism or Germanic paganism, which is like absolutely make make no sense at all. Uh, favorites, yeah, like uh, the the favorite one in the pagan community, we call it kind of our uh, our crazy uncle is uh, Vark Vikernes. He was from from a black metal band. I believe, and he has this obsession with everything being a allegory for um, like sexual reproduction. He'll go on and on about the the placenta and how the world tree is like the placenta and all of that. So, yeah, like we we kind of like sort of lovingly call him the uh, the crazy uncle of of paganism. Um, because he just kind of went off the deep end. Um, like he's that, that crazy uncle that everybody has that at the, uh, at the dinner table at Christmas just spouts all these crazy theories and you're just, you know, just smiling and nodding and just be like, yeah, that's, that's uncle Vark. Um, and yeah, eventually in, 
March, March of last year, March 2022, I decided to to start a podcast after, uh, you know, having listened to several podcasts already been on on the My Third Eye podcast, which is more, uh, more mysticism. And yeah, I just, I had such a, a great time uh, doing that. And I had so much fun that I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it myself. So I just started doing it, recorded a, uh, a few episodes, had really no idea what um, what I was doing at first. But, you know, I've, I've learned more with uh, with every episode I do, not just about the topics that uh, that I talk about or that my uh, that my guests talk about, but also how to how to structure a podcast and make it interesting and keep it interesting and all. And um, I think from yeah, from December till till now, I've had a few of my biggest and most interesting guests on. Um, I think best one I did, or the, the the easiest one I did, I should say, was with Thomas Sheridan. Uh, he's such a he's such a great guy and great great mind, and the the energy was just it was just so good, and it went also it went it went very fluently, and I didn't have to think about things, didn't have to. Uh, didn't have to struggle to uh, to come up with questions or topics, and it's those kind of podcasts that I enjoy uh, enjoy best, enjoy best doing. And of course, I've had uh, people from the from the tribe of the Grammar Pagans on. It's how I really started, just with a couple of of tribal members talking about things they're um, they're interested in, and. Yeah, I've been growing from there, trying to get as many different kinds of guests on as I can, talking about many different topics, um, but all ranging within the paganism, mysticism, uh, occult sometimes. So yeah, it's been it's been quite the journey, and especially with the podcast, I've only only just started. So I'm um I I keep going every day. I've I've been dabbling more into uh, into mysticism and esoterica lately, trying to uh, to broaden my horizon, expand my expand my mind when it comes to uh, to those topics. I always find them fascinating, but I wanted to have a good uh, good base to uh, to work from and. Paganism, Germanic paganism, really gave me that that base. The the mythology is there, the gods are there, the stories are there, the, um, the belief is there. Um, so from there, it's a lot easier to to go a little deeper into the um, the more mystic topics, whether they are in line with um, with what I know from paganism. Or not, I try to uh, to keep an open mind. I know that not everybody 
shares you know shares my ideas not everybody agrees with me um no no, no two pagans are uh, are the same uh best example i uh, i always give is um a well he's become a good friend of mine uh josh joshua he is a uh, a tribal elder he's been with us ooh, quite a long time uh, i want to say like almost almost from the beginning um he's a germanic pagan as well but he has different ideas different opinions sees things in a uh, a little different way than how i see them even though we both believe in the same gods and walk the same path so i always thought that was that was quite interesting that's why i love just you know having discussions with uh, with him as well and other other pagans whether they be germanic celtic roman greek um a lot of stories they they connect to each other they uh they line up especially uh north european of course the um the celtic gods have a lot of similarities to um, the nordic gods or germanic gods which are basically the same just a little different and even if you go to um to eastern europe you'll see a lot of commonalities a lot of um a lot of gods who will have things in common uh for example i think the best known god uh from the norse pantheon is thor or donar as we know him in the uh germanic speaking countries um i i kind of have to give marvel credit for that they um even though they absolutely bastardized uh odin loki and thor they they did bring the gods they did bring the god names into them into the mainstream um i've had discussions about that as well because i was i was fiercely against it um but yeah thor in the uh in the eastern european pantheon would be i believe that would be perun the only like real difference is uh the name of course and in germanic paganism north germanic paganism thor wields mjolnir which is a hammer and in eastern european tradition in eastern european paganism perun has a axe a battle axe but other than that they're basically the same god so you could say yeah i always Peter. wondered myself if there was some crossover with uh bell as well because i know bell has a mace and it after he throws it it returns to him and when i found that out it wasn't really that long ago i was thinking to myself that's got to be thor i mean yeah yeah um i'm not not that familiar with the um the canaanite gods but i i've heard um i've heard a lot of the similarities i've seen a lot of the similarities people making the um the connection between uh between them 
and uh, all Baltic mythology is really interesting. It's there's not there's not much known about it, unfortunately. A lot of a lot of it has been been lost, which is a uh, which is a shame. But yeah, you know all the the older gods uh, they have they have their things in common. Of course, all coming from one. Indo-European or Proto-Indo-European uh, root, uh, which goes back just thousands of years. The uh, the European pantheons are, in the grand scheme of things, they're quite new, if you will. Uh, even if you look at the the Greek gods, the Greek and Roman gods, um, you see a a definite distinction between the North European gods and the Southern European gods or the Mediterranean gods. But still there are a lot of, um, a lot of things in common, a lot of commonalities. Uh, best example is Hercules or Heracles as the, uh, the Greeks knew him. He has his club and um, it, which is the, the club of Hercules has been, compared a lot to Mjolnir of um, of Thor and who is Hercules's father well that's you know Zeus the the thunder god you know who throws this his lightning bolts so you could say that in uh, in the Greek pantheon Greek mythology that's who we here in Northern Europe know as Thor has been kind of um, split up in uh in a god and a demigod because hercules is not a full god to my knowledge i believe he's a demigod uh or just a a a hero um then you have like jupiter in uh in roman mythology or dias pater um which has its connections to Odin, who is the main god of the, the Norse pantheon, the god of wisdom, the, fur the furious god, god of the wild hunt, uh, but also kind of to, uh, and this is the whole linguistic thing. I'm not, I'm not too proficient with the, the linguistics. I find it very interesting, but um, I'm more of a mythology mystic kind of guy although i do admire the guys who are incredibly well versed in the uh the linguistics and where it all comes from uh you could even connect him to tear or tivas um, the god of justice which has like whole other connections like every every god is connected in some way in the um, in the mythologies and yeah, you know, in the mythologies, if if anything, they're just amazing, amazing stories, and they reflect a lot of uh, a lot of things that we we see, um, especially nowadays, um, with like whatever is is going on in the world. Um, the 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 Norse gods, especially the um, the Aesir, which is one side of the of the gods, one tribe of the gods, if you will, 
they are more of the the warrior archetype uh so you'll like you'll recognize recognize a lot of uh, a lot of yourself or a lot of uh of traits from other people you'll recognize in them uh odin god of wisdom was more of a god of the elite of the uh the elite class the ruling class because you know he was the wisest of all gods and the um the most powerful of all gods just in the overall power not necessarily strongest that was thor uh so it makes sense that he is the god of the um of the upper up hair of the upper echelons of society and thor was the protector or is the protector of midgard he is the the god of of the common man he just he loves humans he just he has a great great love for us things were you know which is absolutely amazing even though for a god we would be you know quite simple of course and that's why he's the um, the protector of midgard the protector of mankind um on the other side you have the, the other tribe is the vanir who are more of the nature based gods um so you'll see a lot of uh, a lot of links made uh with them and um the seasons and just emotions um you know love and sadness or um like every mythology of course ha has its story of spring and fall and winter how that um how that came to be so just the all amazing amazing stories amazing amazing gods and i did want to ask you about something you said earlier you were talking about how you uh, kind of found out the way that the world works and it puts you in a little bit of a depression but my my question is really what was it that made it click for you that the world is not how it seems that there there's these things going on um symbolism was a uh, was a big thing for me i noticed some symbols like actual symbols uh kept being repeated you know the the popular you know 666 over the eye or the diamonds and um the main thing for me was politics actually politics and politicians because i i kept seeing them making all these these great promises you know if if i get elected or if my party gets to be the biggest party then you know we'll do this and we'll make sure that you know this does happen and this doesn't happen and i kept noticing more clearly over time that they really have um as i said it back then at least they kind of have two agendas like agenda a is all the things to get them elected 
And then once they're elected, uh, Agenda A goes in the trash and Agenda B comes out, which is all the things that they're going to do once they are elected. And from there, I just started started looking more, started looking looking a bit deeper. I saw all the, the symbolism, of course. Pop culture was a, uh, was a big one. Noticed a few things in that, which just got me uh got me questioning and that's how i eventually came to um you know the illuminati and all that and the the 13 families and that they are really the ones in control and yeah when when i when i learned about that it just i felt um, like my own power, my my own control, the control I had over my own life, I felt it slipping through my hands because I was just I I felt powerless. I felt that if it's such a minority group of such wealthy and powerful people that is actually in control, that just you know with a with a snap of their fingers can make anything happen then why why should i do anything why should i try anything you know why should i you know go get a job and be part of society and all of that cuz you know they they just you know they live day by day paycheck to paycheck and they don't they don't really care as long as you know their favorite football team or soccer team has a uh, a match on sunday and they got their uh, their bowl of nuts and their beer they're happy you know it's just the 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 simple life and they don't question things and they don't they don't see it when it's just so incredibly obvious and it's it's when i became really really nihilistic uh, because you know like i said why should i do anything it doesn't matter anyways because i'm not the one in control and if i want to get somewhere there's gonna be a there's gonna be a ceiling to it like i can only get so far and to break through that ceiling i have to you know sell out and do all these these horrible things to show my my allegiance to you know whatever whatever group you know name one and i just i wasn't about that i i i'm not about that and yeah later i just you know i i just started realizing for myself and especially after my um my ex-girlfriend left me actually when I you know was alone for them the first time in years um you know I had I had like I literally had space to think I had time to to think and I could you know sit just sit on the couch and just, you know, the whole day long, just damn the whole world and damn this and damn that and damn everybody. And 
but you know where is it where does that gonna get me it's not it's not gonna get get me anywhere you know the the parasitic elite or the the guys in control they're gonna do whatever they're doing doesn't matter if i'm actively participating or sitting on a couch complaining that's when i decided you know what i might as well just just participate you know just do do something you know get a get a job get get a um a education but in the meantime you know in like in between the lines try and um and plant seeds here and there or do them the little things to stand up against the system if you will so you know buy locally buy with mostly um mostly cash buy buy from the the independent brands uh you know try and talk to people and just slip comments in here and there and see if i can like wake up some people see if i can if i can do my part no matter how how little it is because that's that's the other thing i was thinking too big um i was i was trying to be atlas you know taking the whole world on my on my shoulders um which just didn't it didn't work you know if it's if it's me versus the world i'm not I'm not gonna win that. I'm not gonna. Thank you, thank you. You know, I'm not gonna. It's, if it's just me, like just me versus the one percent, I'm I'm not gonna even make so much as a little dent. You know, there. Uh, <laughs> I'm the fly. They're the swatter. You know, it's and there I go you know, gone, replaced for the next one. So that's why I, um, why I like also really started listening to my, uh, my late grandmother, God's ever soul. Um, she always told me, you know, if you want to create a better world, if you really want to make a better world, start with yourself, with yourself, like start by making yourself better start being a a better version of yourself and it's what i've been trying it's what i've been been doing and really ever since i started focusing on my my own inner work my own um like my own inner inner alchemy i have progressed a lot further um i've i found my gods i you know, I found found my tribe. Had, well, I mean, had to, you know, erect my uh, my own tribe after I was part of some groups which just really went nowhere. Even though I did learn a lot from them, they really went nowhere fast. And yeah, I met my uh, my fiance. I have two two beautiful kids. I got a little rascal of a uh, of a cat i'm 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 not saying that things are 
are perfect now, but they are definitely better than than they have been in a a very long time. And basically all because I started doing my my inner work because I was because I started incorporating my um my own shadow and the things that like already gave uh gave off some light. I just polished those even further. I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Christianity again. I mean, I can already see the comments come in. Paganism is this. Paganism is that. And this is also a major theme in our favorite show, Vikings, the Christians versus the pagans. There's yeah. the whole story in the you know, the original series with Floki and him kind of uh, confronting the idea of Christianity. And he was a very, very stout you know, he believed in the in the religion of the Vikings. But uh, what would you say to somebody that is coming at you and saying, paganism is evil, it's the devil, it's a demon, it's a demonic doctrine, it's what what would you, what would you say to somebody that is coming at you with I'm sure you would ignore them, but what would you say <laughs> if you if you chose to answer? <laughs> um Well, first of all, of course I would I would tell them they're wrong. Um, I mean, I know why they, why they would see that because, you know, Christianity like really is a indoctrination and especially in the more, um, the, the more strict camps. I, I, I hate that when they say that, like there is the, there is the one God and every other God or every other being that calls himself a God is a demon is a demon pretending to be a god and is trying to trick you and all of that and that's oh it's such a big pet peeve of mine i i, I can't stand that and i've i've been there of course you know getting really really up in arms and really heated when i when i hear those uh, when I hear those people, when I hear, oh, paganism is, is evil and, you know, you did human sacrifices and it's of the devil. I mean, I've, I've heard it all, um, but I've, I've grown comfortable enough now that I can, um, if, if that is, if the other party is willing to listen, of course, I can have a conversation with them. I can tell them, explain to them why my gods have helped me be a, be a better man, be a, a better person, be a better father, be a better, a better lover. And I mean, if, if anything, and this is, this is a thing that's really, uh, it's really coming back up you know there is there's definitely a pagan revival going on and absolutely love it a lot of people are seeing again that um the pagan gods whether they be roman greek german you name it that they are the the gods of europe they are the original gods and those like those hardcore christians that really have their mindset on paganism is evil their gods are demons or the devil himself or whatever there's there's no talking 
with those people. There is no, you can, you can say whatever you want, but they'll twist your words and turn it, turn it against you. Um, or, you know, pull it, like pull it out of context, you know? Oh, so you're saying that this God is doing that. Oh, that's evil. It's like, that's not what I'm saying. You're not listening. You're cherry picking and just tearing it out of, uh, tearing it out of the context. But if there are, I mean, there definitely are Christians and Catholics who, um, who are more, open-minded actually my uh my gym uh gym buddy Lodewijk um I met him at jujitsu but now he's just doing um doing gym because he wants to get bigger and stronger um then maybe go back to jujitsu but he is a he is a diehard catholic you know he'll be showing up late for jujitsu because church service went long like that <laughs> that kind of catholic but he's a he's a great guy and he is very open minded very um very spiritually minded very uh philosophically minded so with him i can have incredibly great talks and incredibly great um discussions even though our beliefs are quite the opposite you know he believes that he is you know saved because you know he dedicates his life to you know god and jesus and all and i'm and you know it's one lifetime and up you go to heaven and i'm you know i keep telling him dude that's 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 too easy you know i i like to well, if you want to put it in his terms, like I, I like to work for my salvation because then if I get to to join the gods, then at least I would have felt like I've accomplished something instead of, you know, I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior and well, there you go, up to heaven. And, you know, we're still kind of trying to change each other's mind. Like I'm... I'm um, I'm trying to get him to see that my gods are are valid and he's still trying to somewhat convert me to uh to Catholicism. I mean it's 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 a I guess it's a thing they'll uh, they'll never unlearn. But yeah, you know the the hardcore Christians who really have their their mindsets on things i would just say you're wrong that's not true and leave them to it because there is no there's no discussing those people but if they're a little more open-minded and willing to engage in conversation i can bring up numerous examples i can you know i can i can explain to them why my gods aren't necessarily bad gods why they're not of the devil no they're definitely not perfect odin definitely is not perfect you know he did 
he did some some terrible things. Um, but you know, we have to. So it's it's a it's a good it's a good question. And funny that you mentioned uh, Floki because in the series Vikings, he is a boat builder. He is a carpenter, and like uh Jesus is supposed to be the son of a carpenter so there is definitely some some interesting symbolism going on with that especially if you uh in the in the series how if you see how much he he just hates um Athelstan the uh the Christian monk from the <laughs> the raid on Linda's farm that they brought with him and Floki, of course, named after the um, after the god Loki, the trickster god. Um, they they like they portrayed the characters really, really well in the show Vikings, and I think that's why I uh, I connected on a uh, a deeper level because the character traits, especially in the first two seasons, were they were really really good, and. Um, the scenes with the uh, with the druids um, or the uh, the tribal magician, if you will, they were kind of kind of gross, kind of spooky at times. But that's uh, that's how they how they did it back then. But yeah, if someone believes believes something else, I like I said, I have grown comfortable enough that I am willing to engage in conversation as long as the other party is too. Because if I'm just talking and you're not listening, then I'm just wasting energy and I'm going to do something else. What do you think of the idea that Christianity actually is a form of paganism? Um. Catholicism is really, really close to uh, to paganism. Catholicism has incorporated a lot of uh, a lot of pagan uses, a lot of pagan pagan gods, pagan deities. Actually, we just had the um, the feast of Imbolc on the um, I believe it was the first or second of February. Um, the festivities are associated with the Celtic god um, Bridget, who is the uh, the daughter of um, of the Dagda, who is the um, the head the head god of the Tuatha Dé Danann, the the Celtic uh, Celtic gods, the Celtic tribe, and the uh, the Catholics actually uh, adopted her as a saint but never like never changed her name never really changed what's um what she's about it's just now she's now saint bridget instead of the goddess bridget and paganism is a lot about ancestor worship or ancestor uh veneration you know all the people that became or that came for you how no matter how many generations those may be because you know because of them you are here 
and you you carry their their legacy with you you carry their um their blood runs through your veins and catholicism really has that too you know the um, they are a lot about about your ancestors about about family so they you know there is a a common saying that catholicism is the most pagan form of christianity and i i do believe that the um the christianity as it was you know was taught by uh by christ assuming that he was a a real historical figure i do believe it was a or is if you really go back to the roots is a proper mystery school you know there is there is a lot to be to be learned from it you know it's not it's not bad it's just when it got um when it got organized when it really started to be a a organized religion um some cracks started to show and especially after who was that Con- constantine i believe the the pagan emperor of rome and uh, the council of nicaea when they uh, when they really started to uh, to pick and choose what and what not to um, to include and incorporate in the Christian Bible, that's when it really, really lost its meaning. Um, I don't think that uh, Christianity belongs in Europe. We have our gods, we have our mythologies, we have our mystery schools. But I think as a mystery school itself is really... It's really good. It's not not a bad one. It's just it's made bad. It's been um, been co-opted. It's been incorporated. Um, Zoroastrianism is one um, one of the beliefs that Christianity uh, takes from, pulls from. There are a couple of different um, older religions uh dating before christ that christianity has really incorporated things from and made their own um but then again every really every religion does that like there are now pagans who incorporate things of christianity or you know which are um like first started by the christian church they now incorporate it into their pagan practices. Um, and, you know, paganism or Christianity has, when they came into Europe, they have taken a lot from uh, from European paganism. Also as a way to um, make the, the conversion easier, you know, the example I gave with uh, the goddess or Saint Bridget, um, is a really good example because you know they then the the church could say to the um, the pagans of um, 
of the Brit of of uh, Britannia or the British Isles or Great Britain, you know. Oh, but now you're actually worshiping a saint. Now you're actually worshiping a Christian saint because you know we incorporated her. So now she's no longer a goddess. Now she's our saint. So if you continue to worship her, you're actually worshiping a Catholic saint. So you know you're technically through that. You are Christian already. You might as well go for a full conversion. You might as well, you know, get baptized. You know, you're already worshiping our gods or our saints. Um, so it's we we really take a lot from each other. And is, is there a is there a devil in paganism? Um, no. Not not one figure we uh, we recognize as a devil as uh, as Christianity does. We do have our um, our darker spirits. We do have our darker realms, but uh, not one in particular, because that would also mean that we would have one god we venerate above all other gods a lot of people say that's odin you know the the old father he is the like you have the gods of the aesir and then you have odin but that's really um that's, that's really a christian concept then you're like you're making odin the one god and uh all the other gods like his his saints or lesser gods um but no not not one entity that rules over everything bad or causes everything everything bad we have um we do have our uh our darker realms um where you know people will get punished in the afterlife um you know, especially it was a uh, a big thing. Um, Oathbreakers. If you broke your your oath, then pretty much all hope was was lost for you, and you will end up in um, Niflheim, I believe, where you will. Well, will be punished for uh, for all eternity, where um, the 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 dragon guarding the the realm—I don't know his his name by heart at the moment—but will kind of like forever chew on your on your bones, and you're just you know there there ain't no coming back as you. Is that the same as the world serpent? Uh, no, no, that's that's uh, that's another uh, another entity actually that's oh, gotcha. the, uh, it's the uh it's one of the children of loki actually um the world serpent is uh it's uh, let's say interesting creature uh as well uh his name escapes me at the moment um jormungandr Yormagander, the world's the world snake, who um, is actually more of a uh, a Ouroboros because he is so like so big that he uh, like he goes around the world and 
um, bites his own tail. So he is one enclosed circle, one enclosed um, entity and covering the, the whole world. He is one of the uh, one of the children of Loki. Loki has some um, some messed up kids. Uh, so isn't one of his kids like a six-legged horse? Yeah, Sleipnir, the the horse of uh, of Odin, on which Odin is uh, is able to travel through the um, or over the Yggdrasil through the um, through the dimensions through the the worlds. Yes, yes, it's a um, that's that's actually one of the one of the kids of uh, of Loki and one of my my favorite stories how. Um, how he came to be because the gods were looking to um they're always looking to protect themselves from the giants from the giants and the trolls they were really the um the enemy of the um, of the gods so they decided it's a uh, it was a good idea to build a wall around asgard around the realm of the gods um Yes, even the gods think building a wall is a good idea. I don't know why, you know, people here, especially in the Western world, think it's such a a bad idea. And, oh, you know, you you shouldn't be doing that when even the gods think it's a good idea. Um, but they needed a a proper stonemason for that, of course. Like, you can't just go, you know, chuck up some some rocks and call it a wall um so they uh they found a stone mason or a uh, a mason found found them you know really um he sounded like he uh he knew what he was doing looked like he know knew what he was doing and he had this giant uh giant stallion with him like this incredibly powerful stallion um and the gods at first they they weren't so they weren't so sure about him because uh like he didn't ask for any any money or riches in uh in return all he wanted was uh freya's hands in marriage freya the um, goddess of love and war the the most beautiful of all the gods and just really really wanted by just about every creature with half a brain living on the Yggdrasil. Um, and the gods, like, they, they really weren't about that. You know, it's a regular stonemason. She is the goddess of love and war, the head of the, uh, excuse me, of the Vanir tribe. That's, that, that's not going to happen. But then, you know, Loki convince them to still do it but to give him a kind of um, impossible time frame you know he said he could do it in uh, i believe five like five or six seasons and loki said okay you know just like we, we guys we really need this wall so what if we just give him a impossible time frame? Let's say, you know, three seasons. He has to have it fixed in, fixed and set up and done in 
three seasons, and if he manages that, he'll get free as handy marriage. It's it's not gonna happen anyway, because you know who builds a wall around like around Osgard around an entire realm in just three seasons. So the gods they were like, yeah, okay. I mean, <laughs> you've tricked us before, but you make a good point. Three seasons doesn't matter. It's it's, it's really not possible. Okay, Mr. Stone Mason, you got a deal. But if you can do it in three seasons, Stone Mason said, okay, it's kind of short, but I'll make it happen. Worked day and night. And uh, you got like the nearest quarry was miles and miles away. So there is no way that like if he had to carry it all by by hand, all the stones by hand, you know, cut them, carve them and bring them by hand back to Asgard and build the wall. There was no way he's, he was going to be be able to uh, to do it in time. But that's why he had his stallion with him because his stallion was so uh, so strong and powerful. He was able to carry, um, I, I imagine, on a, a sled of some sort, just multiple stones with him. So the stonemason, after, uh, let's say, season and a half, two seasons, he was actually making really good progress. And it looks like he was, uh, he was actually going to going to finish the wall in three seasons which meant they were going to give him Freya's handy marriage which they really did not want to so Loki thought of a thought of a scheme because he saw okay that stallion is really what um, what makes him you know make such uh, such good time. So if he doesn't have his his stallion, the quarry is so far away, he's never going to be able to finish it in time. So on the, I believe the final night of the, um, the third season, like the night or the, the day when uh, before he was supposed to, um, supposed to finish, Loki <laughs> shapeshifted into a um, a beautiful mare, and actually, like, told the the stallion, like, "Hey, you know, hey, good looking, come over here. I got something for you." And you know, lured the the stallion away from the stonemason, which made the stonemason miss the um missed the date missed the uh the timeline so the gods had a a free wall they didn't have to give freya's hand in marriage although the stonemason was really pissed and turned out to be a giant trying to trick the gods um but like don't worry thor dealt with him it was not the first giant he dealt with not the first giants as he uh, 
he kicked out of Asgard. And um, like after a while, Loki gave birth. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure how, but we're like, we're talking about the gods. So of course I wouldn't really be able to understand it, but he gave birth to Sleipnir, the eight-legged horse and Odin, um, you know, also being a, being a benevolent God at, at, at times, at least, because in the end it was Loki who, uh, who fixed his own mistake, who made sure that the, um, that the giant stonemason didn't, uh, didn't make the timeline. You know, it's it's a classic story of um, Loki convinces the gods to do something. He messes it up, but fixes it in the end. So Odin took Sleipnir under his wing. And yeah, now he travels on Sleipnir over the the nine realms. So in the end, it's all it all worked out. Luckily, because they would quite literally have have Loki's head for it if it didn't. So, question from the chat from Grub: Do you seem to venerate the nature of the gods rather than just worship in quotes the gods' image? Uh, yes, yes, very much, very much so. Uh, the uh, for me, especially the Aesir, they um, I see them as the the archetypes. So, um, yes, they they're they're very nature. They're very uh, character characteristics. Their power is what we uh, what we worship or what we we venerate. We do, of course, have our uh, our statues, our uh, our imagery. You know, most popular one being, of course, the, um, the Mjolnir. Thor's hammer, uh, but it's not like through this we're not worshiping, you know, a a necklace or a image or uh, or whatever. This is um, how do I explain that? I, I I know what I I know what I want to say. I'm just thinking of how to uh, how to explain it. Uh, you could say that this image if you will is infused with the uh the energy of the gods with the power of the gods or we can um connect to their energy through the uh through the image or through the um, the symbols and symbolism so we don't necessarily worship the god's image but we do use um symbols and statues and we also have our um our altars of course but they are merely channels if you will for the um, the energy of of the gods it's not like you'll um you'll see in a lot of christian households when they put up the crucifix that that is you know, is Jesus Christ is the the power of God, even though a proper Christian would say 
that's uh, that it is infused with the power of Christ or with the power of God. So no, image worship definitely is not a thing. We use it as uh, representation or as channel for the, for the power and the energy of the gods. Yeah, Hinduism is um, Hinduism, and also uh, Buddhism are two religions that came from uh, from the Proto-Indo-European people. Um, they uh, it was a, a people who lived. I've spoken to Krakenford about this. Uh, they lived on the uh, on the Eurasian steppe. Uh, in what we nowadays would call, um, you know, in the Middle East or Asia Minor, uh, so Syria around around that that part, and they made their way um, into Europe and eventually also into the um, into the East and. Um, became well they became the uh yeah that's that was one of one of them indeed the shintashta and they became the uh the indian castes they became the uh the indo-aryans the aryan people um and um the europeans uh that's why you'll see a lot of commonalities and a lot of similar stories and similar gods in uh in the eastern pantheon as well as in the western pantheon because they all came from one and the same people who spread themselves uh throughout europe and throughout asia earlier you were talking a little bit about giants what do you think about this idea that there really were giants in the past, or maybe there's still some walking around today. I believe it. I, I believe it to be fact. Um, there are so many, there's, there's so much evidence for it. I've done at least two shows on, uh, on my own podcast with, uh, with Joshua, uh, one of the tribal elders about, giants and how a lot of their um their skeletons or how a lot of evidence like actual physical evidence of giants have seen has seemed to um to have disappeared over the uh, over the years over the centuries and like even if you if you just take it from a biological standpoint we had and still have giant trees we had uh giant sea creatures we had giant lizards you know the the dinosaurs um but like we had a a giant version of everything you know like even even millipedes like we had millipedes several foot long which is a really scary thought um so it would only make sense 
know, like I said, even looking from a, uh, a more biological standpoint, that we would have giant humans or giant humanoids as well. And I, I fully believe that if not still alive today, um, that there have most certainly been human races. And I do believe that uh, there are still people, there are still, um, still lineages that carry some sort of um, of giant DNA, and I think a lot of them um, can be uh, can be found here in Europe, but also a lot in uh, from what I've seen in the more uh, rural Asian areas. So, um, like areas like Nepal, for example, where things just have a lot of a lot of space to grow and where everything is still uh, still natural and where the air is just so much cleaner. Uh, and I think that's one of the, uh, actually one of the reasons why it seems that humanity, like even us humans in size, we're, uh, we're shrinking because we're not getting the... Um, we're not getting profit the uh, the right nutrition. Like everything is fake nowadays, or has a lot of fake ingredients. Um, even if you look at the the Germanics from uh, you know back in the the, the golden days of um, of tribal Germany, or the the golden days of the Vikings. Yeah, they were still about. They were still about six foot tall but they were just like these big barrel chested guys because of um just natural food and hard labor and they were they were naturally big and um i think as as grub just mentioned also when the the sun changes like the sun has a a lot uh, a lot to do with it as well. And the sun from what I have been seeing, from what I've been reading has been, been acting up. Uh, so that's, that may be another reason why, uh, why all these things are coming to life. I am not sure about Sasquatch and uh, the Yowies, which are from, Australia, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure if they are physical beings. I am more inclined to say that they are interdimensional beings um, who are able to, uh, to manifest themselves physically, even if it's just for a, a brief moment but yes i do believe that giants um are real were real um if they still walk around here on earth i'm i'm not sure um i got another one for you 
Okay. What about elves? Do you think there could be really be elves out there? Um, that's that's a good one. Just a higher, higher vibration. Very knowledgeable. Very wise. Yeah, I I, I do believe that. Um, I mean, maybe not in the way that we uh, we see them portrayed in um, in pop culture. And if we're going by pop culture references, I think they uh, they would most likely look the way that um, that Tolkien portrayed them. Um, elves are the fae. Yeah, well, connected. Connected to the to the Fey, um, I would say they are. They're not necessarily the same entity, but you could definitely place the elves under the um, the Fey or fairy umbrella, if you will, a uh, a lighter, um, higher vibration kind of entity um i'm i'm at at this point i'm very much more inclined to say that the um, the mythologies are closer to the actual truth than the history we have been uh have been taught in school yeah what's up with that do you do you feel that you know we we've been talking about these these people that call themselves an Illuminati, these controllers, do you feel that they are hiding the real history from us? Yeah. Yeah. Most, most definitely. Uh, and yeah, it's funny. I've, I've actually uh, done a, um, a podcast recently with, um, with someone with the sarcastic warlock, talking about like a whole lot of metaphysical and mystic uh, mystic stuff but they are definitely hiding they are definitely hiding a lot of uh, a lot of knowledge and keeping it in their inner circles keeping it in their um, keeping it in their their temples keeping it in their their churches, their um, their brotherhoods, because um, I I do believe that even though, as you know, the story goes that they um, that a lot of those brotherhoods got infiltrated, I do believe that there is a lot of um, of ancient knowledge to be found in there, even though maybe. Uh, a lot of them don't actually realize what they are um, what they are doing. Don't realize how powerful the rituals are that they are uh, that they are performing. And but yeah, there is there is definitely knowledge being uh, being hidden, and the the truth. Truth can can be hidden for long. The truth can be can be suppressed for for long. It'll it'll come out eventually. Um, it's been 
you know, coming out faster and faster. Um, you know, the, the there's a, uh, a popular joke going on. You know, what's the what's the time between conspiracy theory and conspiracy conspiracy fact? Well, a matter of months. Um, if you want to know what's going on in the world, visit your your uh, local conspiracy theorist. He knows because it's it's true. You know that they a lot of things that. It, it, they get a bad rap. A conspiracy theorist, they get a bad, bad rap, or people that uh, that say or claim that they uh, they know what's going on. They get a bad rap, and there are definitely there's definitely infiltration in that going on as well, because they um, the the ruling class they want to keep that knowledge for themselves. You know, whatever they know, whatever. Even if you go by technology, whatever technologies they have, they are at least 30 years ahead of us. And whatever we're getting is being drip fed. You know, it's, uh, it's what you'll see a lot with the, um, with the military, for example. A lot of things that will, uh, a lot of technology will first be used by the military then later be transformed or downgraded for more commercial use. Um, but there is definitely a lot of knowledge still being hidden. They want to keep that knowledge hidden because that's knowledge is what gives them power. They know things that we don't. They have the sacred texts they have the secret texts they uh, they perform the rituals and actually know what they're doing they know what they are trying to what they are trying to manifest in this uh in this physical reality and it's that power that they they want to keep that they don't want to want to give up and therefore they have to hide the knowledge or even if we, you know, we do find some of it, even if we do discover some of it ourselves, then at least have it so incredibly watered down that either you're just going to have to discard it as a whole because it's, it's, it's worthless or it's so minute that really doesn't give you any any more power than you already have and i think that's another part of it like some things they will put out there they will put out in the open um best way to hide things is in plain sight it's the last place where anyone will look and through what people like to call them agents i'm I, not a not a big fan of um, of that word. Like more of more puppets who will ridicule themselves, but at the same time have all these um, all this knowledge, but make it sound so out there that a lot of the uh, the common folk, if you will, will just look at them and be like, "Sure, sure, just 
yeah, whatever, man. I, I, this sounds way too out there. You're spouting a lot of nonsense. Whatever. I'm going back to work. What about uh, this? What about this idea that these elite people, these 13 families, they say, I've heard that they say that they are actually descended from the gods. Hmm. What would you, what would you have to say about that? Of course they would claim that. That would give them validity. And it's, it's really, it's really nothing new. They, you know, the, the common people did that back in the, in the ancient days as well. You know, it's even even the church, we spoke about Christians, are they the children of God? So of course you would like you would say that, oh yeah, we're we're descendants of the gods. You know, our bloodlines are directly connected to the gods, which validates us as rulers, and you can't do anything about it because we are literally a divine bloodline. Don't get me wrong. I definitely do believe that there are divine bloodlines, that there are families, bloodlines here on this physical earth that are divine bloodlines that have uh, have a connection to the gods, a deeper connection to the gods. But they are not the families we know. They are not the families that present themselves as such, I believe that they are the uh, the bloodlines or the families who are <laughs> working in the shadows, but for the light. Because the gods are, even though they're like I said, there are darker entities. The gods are not evil. They are not bad. They would not want this to happen to to their creation. They would never. They would never cause this. They would never allow this. And I think anyone, any religious or somewhat spiritual um, person, individual, whatever, would would agree with me on this that. Um, divine bloodlines, yes, they're real, but are they the, um, you know, the thirteen families that we know of? No, definitely not. And I'm beginning to believe more and more as I, I, I it's not something I do a lot of research in anymore. Uh, but I do pick, still pick things up here, here and then, or uh, here and there. I don't even think that the 13 families that we know that, you know, the, the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, the, the Vandenbergs, uh, Vanderbilts, they are, um, they are not the real 13 families in power that there are even older families who, um, who are actually in power and that they are just the families who were, willing to be the the ultimate fall guy and that they are the the face of evil but that they're not actual 
evil or not the, the actual physical evil that we um, we say that they are. So yes, divine bloodlines, they're real. I do believe that their descendants do still live here on earth. But I think the, the families openly claiming that are doing it to validate themselves. It's another another control mechanism. Same with the um, the alien gods, for example. That's that's not not true as well. It's taking power away from uh, from mankind, taking power away from humanity itself. We are a lot more powerful than we think. We can accomplish a lot more than we think. Um, you know, even going back to the, the whole Occupy movement that I was I was part of, it, it maybe, you know, maybe it didn't accomplish what it set out to accomplish. How would it? But their uh, their slogan, their their credence, is true. We are the ninety nine percent. We are the majority, and the ruling elite the ruling class is a minority so we should be able to overthrow them we are able to overthrow them but because we are so scared or maybe bought in the system or dependent on the system that if it crumbles our lives would crumble as well and we wouldn't really have anything to to stand on have anything to to go from um although i think that the the pagan revival or the the divine spirits um not necessarily coming back to earth uh coming back to humanity but um coming like coming back alive being you know coming back from its its slumber waking up from its slumber it's been asleep for too long drugged medicated for too long sometimes even literally i do believe that uh that it pays that it plays a um a big role in what will eventually lead to the um the overthrowing of the current corrupt system, or if not overthrowing the system, separating ourselves from it. And because uh, like, that's another thing you do with power. If it's not power, you can take away. Then you separate yourself from that power. If you don't give them that power, if you separate it from themselves, then it's useless, then it's worthless. And the pagan revival, the the spirit coming back to coming back to life, it's a it's a great start, and it's it's not it's not gonna stop. It's only gonna gonna grow bigger. It's only gonna get stronger. Um, not sure if we'll we'll see the end of it in in our lifetimes. Maybe our grandchildren at the earliest grandchildren of our grandchildren. But we, we will get out of this, this dark age eventually.
just going to take a whole lot of time. Do you practice magic? Not actively. No. Um, I do... I do try to um, to keep myself in a a higher vibration, if you will. So, um, doing the, um, the things that I love, take care of myself, take care of my body. Uh, try to to uh, to be educated, to stay educated. Um, I do practice meditation but active meditation in the form of um weightlifting and jujitsu but uh no i do not actively uh practice magic i will do uh rituals every now and then especially with my uh, my fiance she is a uh, a practicing witch so I will uh, I will join her join her or she will join me in uh, in rituals on the the bigger holidays or with the, um, the full moon for example. Uh, but I just I try to um, I, I see myself more of a uh, a warrior slash scholar, if you will, uh, more to the um, more akin to the. Um, the Greek uh, ideal, you know, try to be educated, but also um, try to find my uh, my limits physically. You know, a, a healthy body is a healthy mind, and a healthy mind is a healthy spirit. Any thoughts on Lucifer or Luciferianism? Um, yeah, I definitely, uh, I, I don't equate it with Satanism. I, I think they are two different practices. Uh, Lucifer, son of the morning, the morning light, the morning star, um, or Venus. That's, that's the planet. Venus, that's the you know the brightest star. It's the 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 morning, the morning star. Um, Lucifer. I I like to believe that he is a a being of light. That he is a being of great knowledge, great power. Um. But that um, he is not, or it it is is not necessarily evil. Just so strong and unknown, like really, really unknown as well. Because so many people will put it in the same category as Satanism, or just say that you know it's it's like luciferianism is satanism satanism is luciferianism uh lucifer is the devil the devil is lucifer no that's that's not true lucifer is indeed a um a fallen angel but an angel is a being of light it's just he he lost his um 
he lost his status as an angel. He is now a of um, of lower rank. And yeah, I can totally imagine that if you were once part of the um, of the divine, and you are cast down or you 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 fall down into a lower realm. I can definitely imagine that um, that it pisses you off. You know, it's it doesn't sound like a, a fun experience to me. Um, I have <laughs> I have fallen myself a a few times into lower lower vibrations, more animalistic tendencies. Um, I have. I have needed to um, to fight some some of my inner demons, uh, climb back to some of the the depths that I uh, that I fell into. Uh, it's not it's not bad. It's just hard. It's a yes. It's not a place that you uh, that you want to be, and I totally understand that. I totally understand Lucifer. I I understand if you know we go by the story that. Uh, God cast him out of heaven because he did certain things that uh, that the Christian God did not agree with. I get why he would hold a a grudge, um, but at the same time, you know, if we were to believe that he's the same as uh, as Satan, or that you know, hell is Lucifer's kingdom or Lucifer's realm. I mean, yes, he got cast out of heaven, but he still has a whole realm to to rule over. Yes, it's a lower realm, but it's still a realm for himself. So I believe he is a light being, just misunderstood at best, not evil. Do you... Pagans use psychedelic mushrooms? Some will. Some will definitely uh, use uh, use psychedelica. Um, a lot of a lot of pagans are mystic minded, of course, and they will try and seek a closer connection to the gods. Um, although I do not believe that psychedelics that's uh or just physical um physical things in general will bring you closer to the divine it may open some some portals it may be easier to uh to open some portals or to uh to travel to certain realms with the, the use of psychedelics but i do not believe it is the the end all be all, but there are definitely pagans who will uh, who will use it. Uh, I I don't myself. I have never used it uh, used it either. I'm a little too too cautious, if you will, because um, I have well, I have experienced bad stuff i have experienced more um more darker beings more darker realms and psychedelics does leave you open to those as well so you've but, had some 
like paranormal or entity experiences? Uh, yes, paranormal, interdimensional. Yes, most definitely energetic. Uh, I've <laughs> I've had a lot of um, a lot of different experiences over uh, over my lifetime, and I'm I just turned thirty one last uh, last January. So, uh, but yes, I have definitely uh, with and without the help of certain um, mind altering. Uh, substances I have experienced it, experienced a lot. I have seen a um, a classic full body apparition. I have experienced. Um, I've done a little little pendling, which is, I believe, it's a form of divination, um, which. I, I didn't took, took seriously at the time when I did it. Um, after one incredibly scary experience, I um, I have never done it since. And I have done energetic work, energetic experience, um, energetic experiments to um, to connect to the to the gauzer to connect to the um the energy of the um, of the gods and that definitely was an interesting um interesting experience and something i am looking to recreate but a little with a little more guidance um and i will be uh will be attempting something like that again in april i already um signed up for uh for something but yes i have had a lot of experience and a lot of uh i've had a lot of good experiences and i have had some lesser experiences some experiences that left me left me spooked some experiences that really, um, really scared me at that time, but all um, have strengthened my relationships to uh, relationship to the gods, and have strengthened my uh, my light side, and made me understand my uh, my own dark side, my own shadow shadow a uh, a little better. Why is a pagan revival so important right now? <laughs> um, it's a good one. It's a, a, because it's going. We 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 would be going back to um, to the old old ways because um, that's. A lot of mystics, a lot of mystic-minded people will equate the uh, the fall of humanity with um, with losing our religion, losing our connection to the divine, losing our connection to uh, to the gods, which you know caused a lot of a lot of harm to mankind. Um, I mean, if I'm 
totally honest, if we would have kept our, our connection to the divine and especially here in Europe to, uh, to the gods, to the European gods who never, they never went away. Paganism never, never went away. It got suppressed really hard, but it never went away. Otherwise there wouldn't be a revival. Um, but the, uh, not, not everybody will, um, will go back. Not everybody will be part of the, of the revival, part of the, the resurgence. Not everybody will find their, their way back. Some people are just too, too attached to the system, too bought into the system. But the pagan revival, uh, the mystic revival, it makes us understand the world that we live in better. It makes us understand ourselves better. It makes us understand our fellow, uh, our fellow men better. And we, we live in quite dark times now. Um, unless, you know, you're of course the one who is causing these dark times, then you're having just the time of your life. But the whole mystic revival, the whole pagan revival, it it is the the catalyst for um, for us to find our way out of these these dark times. These the, um, this will lead us back into um, into a golden age for mankind uh, i've talked to someone about this recently and he made a really good point this is um i believe we are at the uh the tail end of um of revelations of the of the kali yuga of of ragnarok um and that this is the time of heroes that this is the time where um where heroes will be will be made, will be created, will stand up, and eventually will um, will take us to the next golden age of humanity. And I think that's why the uh, the pagan revival is so important and so so interesting, um, and why religion is still being being suppressed so much or being um, being misguided because uh, it's like you, you don't have to be religious to be spiritual you don't have to be spiritual to religious but um, it is important to at least acknowledge um Acknowledge what is going on. Try to uh, to keep yourself in that that higher vibration because that's that's what is going to get us out of these these dark times. Pagan revival is just one one part of it. A major part here in uh, here in Europe, here in the West, but one part of it. Excellent, and Stein, I thank you very much for coming on today. We are approaching the two hour mark. I do thank you for your time, but I want to go ahead and open things up for you one more time. 
you can hop on that soapbox and say whatever you'd like to say to my audience out there. And <laughs> please, by all means, follow that up with whatever you would like to plug. Oh, boy. Well, if I were to uh, to tell your audience anything is to uh, to keep your uh, keep your eyes open, keep that keep that vibration high. Um, and just, you know, learn, live, live the best life that's that you can, you know, eat, eat healthy, work out, read a book touch grass um yeah just be be the best you that you uh that you can be but acknowledge your acknowledge your weaknesses acknowledge your your darker uh your darker sides acknowledge your uh your shadow sides but just you know just love love everyone Love everybody. Love, love yourself. Love your, um, you know. That's 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 why I said that Christianity is really, it's not, it's not bad. It's not about mystery school. It's all about love. Love thy neighbor. Love yourself. Love your, your next of kin, and yeah, just you know, keep it up. Keep this. Let's keep this, uh, this upward trajectory going. And I, uh, I want to thank you very much for, uh, for uh, giving me a uh, a chance to uh, to talk. We are indeed approaching two hours. It's it's gone by quite quite fast. Um, but yeah, thank you very much. Um, you can find uh, the Greyhorn Pagans on greyhornpagans.com. It's an official website. We uh, we have it since. Last week, uh, you can find the Greyhorn Pagans podcast on pretty much all the bigger podcasting platforms. Um, we talk about everything, paganism, witchcraft, mysticism, occult, uh, just anything that's, that I find interesting and that I think my, uh, my audience will find interesting or is important to know. Um, I've got a lot of shows coming up. I just uh, just recently the uh, the podcast I did with Thomas Sheridan dropped on all our audio uh, audio platforms. Um, so yeah, thank you for uh, for giving me this opportunity. Thank you for uh, for having me on. I um, got to uh, got to talk a lot, and I hope you and your your audience uh, learn something from it. Absolutely. I had a great time and we definitely would love to have you back again in the future and catch up and see what you're up to at that time. Of course, just send me a message and we'll, uh, we'll set it up. All right, my friend, in that case, thank you once again and you have a good night. Thank you. You too. All right. What a fantastic interview. I had a great time. Let's go ahead and just take a short 10-minute break. And then we'll come here and talk a little news and call it a day.
and welcome back to End of Days Radio. I'm your host, Daniel. Wow, what a great interview. My God. Definitely one of the most fascinating ones we've done so far. I'm always excited to do this show, especially when things are working right. I did change a little bit of my equipment around. got this camera working a little bit better. All the moving and hectness, hecticness of life really throws me off sometimes. But I feel like my heart's back in the show, and we are going to hit some new heights that we've never really hit before. I mean, technically, the sky's the limit, so there's nothing that should hold us back from being, being the best... Dang, what type of show is this anyways? It's a devil's show. No, I'm just kidding. It's a show about going down the rabbit hole and ancient mysteries and making friends. It's not about doing drugs. It's not about making fun of people like a lot of these radio shows and podcasts. Like, isn't that a great way to spend the time? Let's let's put each other down. <laughs> Let's make fun of each other. <laughs> I'm going to make fun of people to make myself more famous. <laughs> like, isn't that so much of what's out there? Like, just toxic bullshit that doesn't really matter, doesn't really have any point to it, doesn't enlighten, doesn't make anybody's lives better. It just, it's just pulp, right? It's nothing. It's nonsense. Uh, okay, so I did want to do the mind-blowing moment of the day. Sorry, I'm a little light on instruments. Ooh, I got a guitar behind me. I don't know if you guys can hear that, but it's time for the mind-blowing moment of the day. The day. The day. Day, 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 day. <sighs> okay, let's say today's mind-blowing moment of the day will be when when our guest Stein, Stein Fox, told us the story of Sleepner, the eight-legged horse. Like a lot of characters from North mythology, I learned about them in the comic books, right? The Thor comics. Probably a terrible way to learn about this sort of thing, but hey, knowledge is knowledge. And if it gets people interested, I think it's a good thing. I know that at the I think at, oh, I don't want to give the movie away, but there, let's just say there was a lot of other gods in the last Thor movie, which is really interesting as well. Okay, what do we have to talk about? What's in the news? The Chinese balloon, satellite balloon, the spy balloon. Big deal, right? Oh my god, there's a satellite floating above us and it's attached to a balloon. I hate to break it to you guys, but they're all balloons. There are no satellites. Have you ever seen one that wasn't attached to a balloon? No. Does that make you angry? Have you ever been into space? Okay, then why are you angry at the idea of the earth not being round why does that make people so angry they just want to kill flat earth and they want it to be dead because whenever anybody brings it up it it completely challenges their worldview 
and all the fun stuff about space it just goes right out the window. But one of these things that have gone out the window are satellites. I've never seen a satellite. All the pictures I've seen look like CGI. All the videos I've seen look at look like CGI. So what are they really? Well, they're they're balloons and things of that nature. Maybe some of them use anti-gravity or have some other way of staying up there. But everything that you think is in space, including the the mere space station, is not in space. It's just a really high altitude that is nowhere near what we would consider space. Like, we can go up really far. That's why you've seen some pictures from space, but really, they're too close up because they're just really high up in the atmosphere. And whenever you hear about it, a, a, a civilian going into space, like William Shatner, people like that, they're not really going into space. They're just going really high into the atmosphere. And if you if you believe it, I'm sorry, but you're a little naive. All that stuff's controlled by Freemasons. So one of these satellites floats down, and of course they come up with some clever bullshit reason that it's happening. Oh, that's a Chinese spy balloon. Yeah, they can't do better than that. What happened to the whole idea of satellites can read our license plates? Why would they have to attach one to a balloon? Well, I can explain that to you because they are all attached to balloons. Grow a brain, sheeple. Shave your wool and grow a brain. Shave your wool so you'll be a naked sheep. That's Because that's how they want you to be. They want you to be a naked and alone and afraid sheep with no wool to protect you from, from what's around you. Okay, what else? My commune is gaining momentum. Um, not that it's necessarily going to be called a commune, but... You know, it's just a place that we can go where we don't have to pay these high rent prices or housing costs, and we can all just live off each other and, and live free and independent. Because I know a lot of people out there that are really good people, but they don't really have anywhere to live right now. It's not just one or two. There's like a lot of people that I've come across that just don't have anywhere to live. And you know, sometimes they ask me if I can help them out or give them some money and usually I have to tell them no, but I I can at least brainstorm and try to figure something out. I mean, with all these rising prices of food and stuff like that, what would be wrong with just trading our own little kingdom somewhere where we don't have to follow Satan's laws anymore? I think it'd be good. I think we should give it a shot. All we got to do is find some, Big empty property out there with a well. And then we could start growing some weed. Yeah. Egg prices are going up. And people are buying chicken coops. And they're starting chicken coops. But why does it have to be just a chicken coop? Can't you have cows and pigs and weed and stuff like that? Can't grow some carrots, some onions. Like you do, It doesn't just have to be chickens. Because, you okay, you got the chickens, you got the eggs, but what about when you want some milk? Or what about when you want some steak? I guess you could eat a lot of chicken. Then you could hunt and fish and get what else that you need. If you get lost, you can summon a Sasquatch and he'll point the way home. Uh, Yeah, so 
I normally would never talk about a dream that I had on this program. I mean, what's more boring than that, right? Nobody wants to hear about your dream. But I had the craziest dream ever. So in this dream, it was like one of those multi-layered dreams within a dream. And I was with these other people. And like somehow we came to the conclusion that we were dreaming. And when we woke up, well, we were all going to... Before we woke up, we were all, we all decided amongst each, amongst each other that we were going to use a keyword, like a special phrase. So when we woke up into the real world, we would utter this phrase and we'd all know that we were part of the same dream. So that, that's what happened. We woke up and we all uttered the phrase together, but really it was like a dream within a dream, right? And we're like confused. We're like, Oh, what's going on? Suddenly these people come and grab us. And they take us to this building and they go, we are the Illuminati. We can get inside of your dreams. We can do this. We can do that with these machines. And I look around and there's all these like machines on the walls and stuff like that. I mean, I'm in at this point, I'm in some kind of tall corporate building and I'm, I'm being shown this secret technology that this so-called Illuminati or that's what they're calling themselves. They, they have this stuff. And I mean, was that a dream or was it something else? Was it some kind of organization using technology to enter my dream and create this little scenario in order to teach me something? I don't see, it's not like I was thinking about anything like that during the day. It's not like I was, had anything like that on my mind. And yet I'm hit with this, like this dream that's almost like that movie Inception. But of course it has something about the Illuminati in it. I think it was real because I woke up. I was just like, wow. Like that. So this is what's going on now, right? Like all the freaking possessed people stalking me and shit like that. That's not enough. Now they're going to get in my dreams. Such is life. Anyways, let's not forget that. Let's not forget that. Please donate to End of Days Radio. Go to endofdaysradio.com where you can donate through PayPal or you can even donate with Bitcoin. Please donate. Go to End of Days Radio. Oh, I already said that. Guys, I will never charge you for this show. I've had people say, Daniel, go on Patreon or or create some kind of paywall and, and release content that's exclusive so you can charge people. But Every time I think of doing that, every time I think, I just, it goes against my nature, man. I just, the idea that everybody's not getting this, it's not being put out there for for the masses. Hey, General Lee, what's up, my man? The The idea that this show is not reaching the masses or is not on its best foot to do something like that, that bothers me. So I'm just going to keep asking for donations. If you want to buy me a cup of coffee, I appreciate that. If you want to donate a little bit more and help me with the stack of bills, I appreciate that. I might use it to buy some equipment. You know, I just bought this, you know, I, I've, some of my equipment was going out, so I had to buy this audio interface and that seems to be working pretty good so far. But you know, every once in a while, you got to buy something for the show or you at least have to take care of yourself so you can do a show. And your donations, there are literally times when you guys 
help me make ends meet. I prayed and I prayed and all of a sudden there was a donation and suddenly I, I was able to calm down because I knew that I was going to be okay. This is like PBS. It's purely donation based. Unfortunately, that means I have to do a little commercial every once in a while and annoy the piss out of you guys and basically beg for money. But hey, I'm not above doing things like that. I need the money. And one of these days, I would like to quit my job and not even have to wake up at 4.45 every morning. And instead, I could wake up at a more reasonable time, such as 7 or 8 o'clock, and I'd jump right in front of this mic and I'd do a show for you. Because that is the future I envision. That is the future that I want. Before I lose all of my hair, before I go completely gray, before I lose my ability to sustain any sort of erection, I would like to retire. I don't want to be completely... And by retire, I don't mean retire. I mean retire from the Matrix so I can go on my own and just do this show. There There will always be battles to fight. There will always be problems and consequences. But, man, this nine to five, nobody should have to do this. We should be self-sustaining ourselves. And I'm not trying to get off the grid because I'm lazy. I just don't want my time and energy to go to make somebody else rich. I would rather do this show where I can actually do something that matters instead of stacking bricks or cleaning toilets or whatever kind of ridiculous thing they've got you doing out there. And it's not that I don't think these things are important or necessary. I just want to be free, man. I want to be free, just like a lot of you out there. Okay, enough begging and pleading. Uh, I've been getting into guitar a little bit again. You know, all this moving and stuff and had to sell a bunch of my synthesizers. I sold my Eurorack. Kind of a bummer. I lost a lot of my, a lot of my, um, a a lot of my drive to create music, but I feel like it's starting to come back. And I think this is a really good thing. It means my creative spark is rising up again. And I think that, being in this new place and the fact that I finally got my guitar all set up again, I I think it's important. I think it marks a great time for me, a a revival of spirit. You know, we were talking about the pagan revival and I, I think this is something that's really happening. I mean, it started in 2020 with me when I was contacted by Anki from ancient Sumer and beyond. That's when I had my personal pagan revival. Not that I was calling it that, but I knew something was changing in the atmosphere. I knew that what was happening to me was meaningful in some, in some way. And yeah, a lot of people freaked out and, you know, I, I lost a lot of my Christian fans, but I, but I also gained Christian fans that are a little bit more open minded and are willing to look at this stuff because you know, I've said it time and time again, there's more than one God in the Bible. There's quite a few different gods mentioned in the Bible. And it, it even says that God sits at the head of the assembly of gods, 
so if there's only one God, why is there, like, why is the God of the Bible in the Old Testament warring with all these other countries or city states and having these issues if he's all powerful, right? Could it be that we're talking about a different type of God sometimes as in source and other times we're talking about some sort of deity seems most likely that is the case. And I know people will be angry and offended and say, Oh, Daniel, you are trying to deceive me and guide me away from the truth. But how did you know that was the truth in the first place? Because it got beaten to your head. I mean, there could be more to it. I'm not saying it's not the truth, but there could be more to it. Is that fair enough? Am I going to hell because I have a skull and crossbones flag behind me? Am, am I going to hell because I talk about Lucifer? Yes. Willingly. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> like It's funny because like this show and me, we've both gotten this reputation for being dark or sinister, but if you actually watched it and paid attention to what I have to say, there's nothing aggressive or evil or condescending or, or pedophilic or uh, negative about what I've been involved in at all. Like if I look back at all these practices and strange things I've engaged in, I mean, some of the people that were talking to me were a little freaky, but as far as me and what I've been doing, I, I don't think that I've done anything evil here. I, I can't really think of anything like that that's going on. I think it is what it is. It's been like an, an, an enlightenment thing, an illumination. I believe that is what it's been. Otherwise, some terrible chaotic evil will have manifested by now and it hasn't things have gotten you know i've had my ups and downs but for the most part they've gotten better so or at least the same so i don't i don't think that i'm going to hell or i've committed some kind of grievous offense by getting into magic or anything like that but you know what enough's enough i'm not gonna sit here and do a super long show today didn't plan to i've got some new equipment i'm testing out so i don't want to take it too deep besides i'm trying to cut the show back a little bit i know that's going to freak some people out but i'm thinking about the person that stumbles upon an episode of end of days radio and sees five and a half hours and says no i'm not getting into that no 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 i i don't think that that person i don't think these casuals can really deal with anything over let's say three and a half hours so Let's keep it between like two and a half and three and a half hours and call it good. I'm not going to do a super short show, like an hour or two hours. That's pretty pathetic. No offense to anybody out there, but you can at least do two and a half hours, right? Give people something to actually listen to. But the marathon thing, it probably needs to stop. My guides are telling me to stop doing marathons. They look out for me and they look out for the progress and growth of the show because this show is literally infused with entities. Or I guess that's kind of a bad way to put it. I, this show is literally guided by 
higher forces. See, it's all how you frame things. You don't you don't want to say like there's a possessed Chucky doll guiding the action. Just say it's higher forces. That way you keep your contingent. But uh you know, I've had a great time, everybody. I hope to see you next week. But until then, I bid you adieu. Good night. Until next time, peace out.